Your reader is Charles McKibben. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Edmund Burke How does one kill fear, I wonder? How do you shoot a specter through the heart, slash off its spectral head, take it by the spectral throat? Joseph Conrad I will show you fear in a handful of dust. T.S. Eliot Chapter One London stepped off the uptown F train with a shudder of relief. He had boarded the subway downtown in the village where he lived to travel the few miles uptown to his office. The cars had crashed by him as always when they arrived in the station screeching harshly, noisily, each one littered with papers and cans, smashed bottles, ruined food scraps, grease, mud, urine, as well as the brown and yellow lumps that let him know the homeless had camped in this train until it had been pulled into service that morning. He would have preferred it if the Transit Authority workers who had assembled the train earlier in the morning had hosed it out first. Well, hell, he thought. They'd already made it to work. I guess it didn't matter to them what the trains looked like. The dark, graffitied tunnels leading to the surface were overflowing with the same filth as the subway, as always. London took each breath in shallow, open-mouthed gulps with the practiced ease of any long-time New Yorker, not taking in a deep lungful until he'd passed through the excrement stench of the underworld and reached the pavement above. Coming out up above was no better, however. He hit the streets only to find a misting gray rain, a wet blur of soot-heavy water sliding down out of the sky in constant dirty rivulets. Pulling his hat's brim down and his jacket's collar up, he dodged the umbrella points stabbing at his ears and eyes, fighting his way to his 31st Street office. A business-suited career woman pried her way through the crowd toward him with practiced arrogance, using an umbrella the size of a parachute as her crowbar. London unconsciously prepared to dodge, the corner of his eye catching one of the umbrella's extended tines flashing for his face. Before he could close with the woman, however, she collided with the man in front of him, raking his face with her weapon. The man, maybe ten years London's junior, screamed foully, swatting the stinging edge away with his fist, knocking the whole device out of her hands. The umbrella snapped, collapsing under the trampling herd around them. The woman screamed after him, letting him know, in shrill, raging curses, just who she was and how important she considered herself. Some of the passers-by laughed. Some applauded. There were some to take each side, hooting and barking, shoving at each other in the street, causing more of a jam, more accidents, more bad temper. London took it all in without saying anything. What was there to say? It was just another dark, humid, angry morning in Manhattan. Coming into the lobby of 132 West 31st Street, a building named decades earlier as the Greeley Arcade, he joined the crowd milling in the lobby, waiting for an elevator. They were all of a kind, burdened by umbrellas or wet hats and coats or both, slopping their ways up and down the blackly wet tiles, waiting in bad humor for just one of the solemn, vault-like sets of doors to open. Everyone took their turn slamming the buttons on the wall until finally one elevator returned to the lobby, 
allowing them all to jam in, body on body, repeating their commutes in miniature all over again. At least, thought London, the elevator floor wasn't covered with garbage. And then he smiled, half at the realization that it always helps one to get through the day by finding something to be grateful for, half at the fact that it was not always an easy task to do so in the city. Getting out at his floor, London walked the fifteen paces to the front door of his office. Theodore London, Private Investigations. The words stared back at him from the wire-meshed glass of the door's window as he undid the deadbolt and started through the doorway. He hesitated as he did so, though. Something felt wrong as he passed through the entrance. His gaze flickered over the outer office, assessing the situation, looking for the disruption setting off his internal radar. Secretary's desk and chair, normal, quiet, still.